Hello and welcome to the Oxford Policy Pod. Uh, my name is Wonto T. Wonto. I am a master's candidate here at the Bivani School of Government Master in Public Policy. Um, it is such an incredible privilege to have um, this, you know, probably maybe the final episode of our cohort. Um, today, as we, you know, with the Oxford Policy Report, our focus is to create a real-world conversation with uh, policy practitioners, development actors, and also uh, global leaders. And today, what an amazing, uh, incredible privilege it is to have Professor Nagar Wu, uh, the founding dean of the Bivani School of Government here at the University of Oxford. Uh, Professor Wu have had very extensive experience. In fact, she is the founding dean of the Bivani School of Government. Uh, she's also a university and professor of global economics governance. Um, part of her research um, has an extensive focus on um, organizational governance and global development. Professor Wu have had variety of experience. Uh, she served on diverse advisory board and trustees. Uh, some of those boards include uh, the Steering Aid Swartman Educational Foundation and the Mo Ibrahim Foundation. She's also the co-chair of the World Economic Forum Global Future Council on Values, Technology and Governance. You know, today we are having a conversation centered around the Plevani School of Government, um, basically uh, focused on uh, BSG shaping global leaders um, in a decade of existence. Um, so now we have had this rather wider introduction. You know, let's go into this conversation with so much prospect. First of all, welcome. Thank you, Wanto. It's lovely to be here. Um, so today we just want to, uh, you know, giving your experience, um, just all of those incredible work you have done, um, so inspirational. You know, just tell where did it start from? So the the the. Uh, Blavatnik School began when a former vice chancellor, John Hood, kind of challenged me to set up a public policy school for Oxford. He said, look, the university's never had one. Lots of people have tried, but why don't you have a go? And I thought that was a really terrific challenge because I'd been working with developing and emerging country governments, particularly on the kind of assistance and regulation they needed from organizations like the World Bank and the IMF and the World Trade Organization. And it struck me in that work that these governments, um, they needed support and help. And that too often in the academic institutions of the world, we sit back and very rigorously do nothing but criticize them instead of sort of trying to lean in and and help. And that, and that there's lots of ways we can help. We can help by doing great research, which instead of just criticizing, looks at what could work or what has worked. We can help by um, helping teach people to think in new ways, but also, as you know, Wanto, from sitting in class, to work with others and to always know that you don't have to have the solution yourself. What you have to have is an ability to reach out and ask the right people to help you in a moment of, of crisis. And that we can bring governments together and help them to learn from each other and help them to network with each other. So, you know, I guess 13 years ago, um, we stood in examination schools celebrating an initial very generous benefaction by Len Blavatnik, Sir Leonard Blavatnik, to get the school started. And since then, it's been 13 years of huge fun and a ton of work by everybody. 
yeah, testing work. And I'm, I'm really, one of the most impressive aspects is I'm part of that story um, as a student currently with the MPP program, uh, being a benefactor of such an incredible history of leadership. You know, I just want us to, you know, switch a little bit to um, the mission of the Bilvani School of Government. Um, you know, looking back to the period of establishment uh, to over 10 years, you know, um, of, you know, leadership, you know, shaping global leaders, engaging global actors and bringing young people from all across the world, you know, what specifically, you know, how have the mission changed from the initial time? you know, to the current time that we are in currently. Mm. So, well, I think our, our mission has in a way been pretty consistent, which is it's a bet that if we want to help, the, well, let me start from governments need to do better in every single part of the world. I've never been to a village or a city or a country where people don't wish their government worked better. But at the same time, we live in a world where if you say you want to go into government, most people look at you as if you're crazy and you don't have other options. So so what's our bet here at the Blavatnik School of Government? It's that first, we need to attract some of the smartest, most resilient, responsive, public service-oriented people into government, whether they're junior or senior or middle. That's the first, attract great people to public service. The second is link them to each other so they're not trying to bring about change on their own, but they know how to work together in combination. And the third is produce really great information, data, research, knowledge for them that's going to help them make a real difference. And that if you get those three things right, you're not solving all the world's problems, but you are going to help governments improve. True. And uh, in, in the spirit of improving government across the world, and I think, uh, just as you said, one of the most important aspect, this is not in a specific geopolitical space, it's continental, it's Africa, it's Europe, it's South America, North America. You know, just, just looking at, you know, gathering these kind of young people across the world, you know, and shaping them into, you know, exceptional leaders and policy thinkers. You know, what would you explain in terms of 10 years of existence? What would you look at? as an accomplishment for the Blivani School government. Mm. So, you know, first what's been really fun and interesting is that the, as you know, Wanto, that the MPP goes from age 23 to age 53 in most years. Mm -hmm. And what we've discovered is that the seasoned, experienced leaders in the class learn a lot from their younger colleagues about what the next generation are thinking and how. And... The younger parts of the cohort, if they're really smart, learn hugely about the practical knowledge of the more senior people in the class. And that, and I think we've learned that, you know, we knew it would matter who was in the classroom, but we've learned that it's that on steroids. Who mm -hmm. you're sitting learning with is huge about what you take away from, from, from the school because you've either learnt... Um, how to reach out to people very different from yourself to help you solve problems. Um, and you've learned how to do it effectively and to work in a group. And that sounds really easy, but actually, I think most MPP students discover that they get a whole lot better at that during the year. So the students I'm most proud of are the students 
who have gone out into the world and are doing exactly that. So they're working with others. They're, they're force multipliers. They're not just out there being a kind of individual force in their own right. They're really helping um, gather people together to bring about change. And what delights me traveling around the world is to find alumni flying across the world to help each other. So it's, you know, it's when you get to Chile to find there's a South African, there's a Brazilian, there's an Indian, all helping one of our community run for election, that you realize that it, it's really working. True, true. And <clears throat> I just want, want us to take our attention, like, you know, as an African, um, being a Blevane School of Government, you know, um, it's, it's, it's just exciting in the new prospect for Africa development. In terms of um, policy making process here at Blevanek, how do you envision um, African students, you know, tapping into that, you know, new leverage of skills, new leverage of opportunities, uh, you know, better learning process? Uh, how will you envision that level of change being, you know, transitioned to Africa as a continent? So the African continent has so many millions of truly talented, entrepreneurial, resilient, you know, brilliant human beings, um, and not enough of them want to go into public service. So our number one goal is... Public service is the hardest of all, and that's why you need the smartest, brightest, most resilient people to go into it. And, and that's what I would like to see us doing across the continent. It's m perhaps more important that the continent of Africa gets it right than any other part of the world. Be just if you look at the demographics, mm -hmm. uh, sure. it's the youngest continent, it's the fastest growing continent. Um, in a world where most of the rest of the world is getting old and stale at speed, right? They have the opposite demographic challenge. So Africa's already playing a huge role in the world as a continent and it will grow in that. So what we're setting out to do is attract very brilliant African public servants or people dedicated to public service during their career and bring them to the school and make sure that they've got the network to take that forward. And I think about a fifth of the, a fifth of our students, I think, are from the African continent every year. Yeah, uh, that's that's very very true. And um, you know, usually when you look at the accomplishment, yeah, Blevanek, especially your accomplishment as funding dean, steering um, this institution from foundational aspect to where it is right now. You highly consider, you know, the aspect of challenges, and, and I know for sure you have tons of, you know, illustration examples that you go through, you know, that we categorize as challenges. In terms of, you know, the managerial role that you have had, yeah, Blevanek, what would you consider as challenges in um, leading social institution from grassroots to where it is right now? You know, um, I think um, most people who are building. Um, and playing a role in the management of organizations would would come to the first same thing, which is people, 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 finding the right people to come and work with you um, and, f and finding and adequately defining the goal to which you're all striving. You know, my, my favorite definition of leadership is Nanul Kohanes. She wrote a beautiful book about leadership called On Leadership. And she writes with beguiling simplicity that the role of a leader is twofold. First, 
to help a group to identify and clarify and enunciate their collective goal, and second, to mobilize the group to achieve that goal. Um, those two things are, are hard, and some would say in academic institutions, the first one is particularly difficult. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, there is uh, just a specific, uh, the motto of the Blivane School Government, um, look to uh, speak of a war better led, um, a war better served, a uh, better govern, and they deserve, you know, some level of, you know, recognition in this conversation that we are having. You know, looking at our world right now with um, how it is, you know, how would you imagine um, explaining the story of the Blevani School Government in terms of student leading change across? Are there specific students that when you look at you say, yes, you know, this is a legacy um, that we have learned. This is the model of what we are trying to build here at uh, the Blevani School of Public, Public Policy. It's interesting. I think some students arrive wanting to lead right away. And I think that's the slowest road to leadership ever. Mm-hmm. I think you've got to start by serving. And the students who go out with a really powerful um, spirit of serving mm-hmm. are the people who quickly build up the trust of people around them mm-hmm. and end up leading to the best effect. Yeah. Um, so, yes, just in terms of, you know. You want you want names. <laughs> you want me to name favorites. I don't name favorites. That's one, two. <laughs> Um, that's, that's exactly, uh, yeah, I know, know, I know for sure, I mean. Do you know, the reason <laughs> The reason I don't name favourites, I, I do think it's important to single out inspiring individuals just for inspiration. Sure. Because, you know, when you see that one, you know, when, when the first human being ran a mile in under four minutes, yeah. it inspired a lot of other human beings to yeah. run the mile in less than four minutes just because suddenly their brains knew that a human being could. Sure. So I do think for that reason individuals are important I guess I, I I step away from naming individual students because mm-hmm. the because some of our you know, so many of our alumni are doing quiet things as parts of groups mm-hmm. that are bringing about huge change. Yeah. So they're not necessarily fully visible in the public eye. Some are, and that's important too. You know, we, you know, we've, we all watched and cheered Soledad running for president and then vice president um, in, in, in Paraguay. We've watched and cheered our students become ministers in a number of different governments. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because being a minister is a very visible job um, with, you know, not a lot of job security in most countries and Mm -hmm. certainly a lot of exposure. But I'm equally impressed and inspired by the MPP students who from the minute they arrive here are looking at how they can serve their fellow students and the community that they live in here in Oxford. Because I think that habit is going to make them very powerful in their future lives. Yeah, and I I, I do echo that sentiment as well as a MPP student this year. You know, and, and this is what I, I think, you know, what Blivani School Government is doing is a model for exceptional recognition here at Oxford generally. Because uh, you, yeah, the MPP, you meet students from diverse background, incredible history of public service, 
and just that desire to be humble, to listen, and to have shared conversation. You know, and I, I feel that's a model that that should be taught everywhere in Oxford. And I, and I agree with you. Uh, we seeing classmates this year do so many incredible work. You know, so down to earth. You know, so excited to listen to different cultural experience and leadership experience from their fellow students. And yeah, and uh, and and this brings me to something really incredible. I want us to talk about, uh, which is, uh, you know, the futuristic aspect of Levana School of Government. And I'm, I'm sure, going back in the last ten years, you already you with the accomplishment you have had from grassroots level to uh, to currently where uh, the Levana School is. As a funding day, I'm sure you're already thinking about, you know, what the next 10 years going to be for Blevanek. Um, One example that I see in that is the, the, the uh, security uh, department here at Blevanek, which was something that was initiated this year. And I'm sure in the next two to three years, four years, there are a lot of thinking that you're thinking about. So where do you see Blevanek in the next 10 years? So cer- certainly there are some areas we're going to be building in global security, uh, climate, mm. um, public public digital infrastructure and mm. what countries need to do. We're building a big what works hub, which looks at lessons about how you really implement effective education policies. So there's, you know, we're, we're in the middle of um, hiring somebody to lead a China program in the school. So these are areas that we're, we're building up. But I think the other great priority for the next five years is um, is in part driven by the success of our alumni who are now entering into senior leadership roles in governments. Mm-hmm. And so what we're going to be doing over the next five years is amplifying mm-hmm. and increasing the number of ways we help um, senior government officials mm-hmm. undertake their work, both collaboratively together and individually. Sure. And that's 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 something we all gonna look at um, as you know a forthcoming alumni of Levanic. Um, that that excites me a whole lot. Um, that within ten years we're gonna see new initiative, new developments we have seen. But then like beyond just those those uh, forthcoming accomplishment, you know, I want us to go back a bit to your experience. You have had such a you know mind-boggling experience, you know. Sometime when I tried before a little story in my undergraduate year at the College of Mount St. Vincent, we actually did read about your global economic principles, your OPEC and views. And then when I came here, Blevania was there. Oh my God, this has been starstruck. Um, I read about my dean in my undergraduate years, and now I have an, a, a privilege of being of sitting on a hall listening to you know those lectures or ideas. And uh, it brings me back to your transition to academia, you know, how, how do you see that? You know, what have been one of the big takeaways you have had? Um, my career in af- academia has been entirely accidental, I can assure you. <laughs> I never intended to be an academic. I came to Oxford as a graduate student intending to go back to New Zealand and work in government. And what I discovered in Oxford is a world of ideas which is... Um, dazzling, actually. Um, And then I became frustrated that this dazzling world of ideas and all of these, you know, very brilliant people were wandering around the quadrangles saying, well, what shall I do my doctorate on? Mm -hmm. 
what shall I do my doctorate on? And coming up with very obscure, obtuse questions when in the world out there there were policymakers, public servants, mm -hmm. desperate, desperate mm -hmm. for knowledge and research into the questions that they had to make decisions about. Mm -hmm. And it struck me that there was an obvious bridging between those two worlds which could bring the extraordinary knowledge of Oxford, mm -hmm. 900 years of knowledge and libraries and brilliance, and bring it directly to government officials desperate to make decisions in a crisis. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I, I hope we're doing and that's what I hope we'll continue to do more of. Yeah, and um, um, like I say, I'm very inspired by all you've done. And the social privilege, especially having this conversation, having firsthand to talk to you about your experience and just some of the work you've done here at Blivandic, um as a benefactor to that work. And and um, I just want to, beyond just the challenges, um, uh, I want us to just look at how how do you do this? Last year, the Blivani School of Government had over 85% scholarships in uh, for students from very daring background that, you know, and like you said, attracting some of the, you know, most brilliant mind, exceptional students academically and, and globally in Shrine as well. But how do you, how do you generate funding? How do you, you know, ensure that this, this keep working at, at this level? So the fundraising that makes it possible for the Blavatnik School to do what it does is endless. And it really is endless. But it's, but it's also about much more than the funding itself. Because when you have to keep persuading people that have many different choices over how they spend their, their money or how they give their money, with many different kinds of people. It might be the Royal Opera, the local homelessness charity, you know, all um, asking for support. Then it's really a moment to keep asking ourselves, are we really making the difference we should be making? Are we really recruiting the right kinds of students? Are we really doing the right kind of research? Are we really, and so for me, those endless fundraising conversations, which are 365 days of a year work, are also about an opportunity constantly to be challenged about what we're doing, constantly to be challenged about whether what we're doing is impactful, mm -hmm. about whether we're doing it in the most effective way we could. And so it's part of the living, breathing organism, which is the Blavatnik School, is that funding equation. And apart from all that, there's two reasons why I'm so passionate about 85% of our students being on scholarships. Um, one is that government and public service now need a diversity of people and of brilliant people more than ever before. So we have to make it possible for people to come. And second, I came to Oxford on a scholarship and I won't ever forget that. And I could never have done graduate work without a scholarship. And so it's personal. And I so for me, it's, it's a paying forward as well. Wow. And just in the, the length of paying forward, you know, that, I just want us to, you know, look about, because technically we're done with this semester, uh, all of us are preparing for our summer project. And uh, I know the skills that we have learned here in the the network we have built here, the desire that we have for public change, it, it's, it's just incredible. And I, I just want you to just, because a lot of students, uh, in all of our students in the MPP program, I'm sure alumni look at this program, 
and I want I want you to give you know what what would be some advice on your experience that you will be able to share with our current MPP students in policy making, uh, in global governance. That what specifically would you want to share to them? Mm. I thought you were going to ask me how they could pay it forward. <laughs> And I was going to propose three ways, so I'm going to do it that, anyway. That, that could be inclusive as so, well. <laughs> so, so, yes, and, and the first way is to go into public service. Not, you know, you don't have to spend your whole life in formal public service, but it's to keep public service at the forefront of what you do because that's what this opportunity has been about helping you to do. Um, the second is to relentlessly identify future Blavatnik school students. Not because we need more applicants, we get loads, but because we need always to be looking for the people that you think as an alumnus of the school are going to be outstanding public servants in your community, in your country. And so the second thing I would ask every alumnus to do is to be relentlessly looking for those people and making them part of this community. And the third thing is to is literally to pay it forward. You know, it might be $100 a year that you mm -hmm. contribute to the scholarship fund. We all do it here within the school. It's, it's part of bonding together as a community and whether small or large. Yeah. Um, it's nice to be able to say to a donor, well, you know, I give 1% of my salary to the school, why don't you? And 1% of a billionaire's salary is probably a lot more than any of us it have. Is, <laughs> anyway, so I think those those are, those are really important. And the, the the advice to those of you heading off into the world. Um, yes, and, yes, you we, know, we, need, we need that advice. Well, you've, you've heard it, you know, you've heard lots of advice from me over the year, but mm -hmm. let me end just with this one, which is, don't sell yourselves when you're looking for an opportunity. Look for the difference you can make instead. Mm -hmm. The world is full of people who are selling themselves, who come in and say, I've been to Oxford, I've got a degree, I've got this, I've got that, which is, you know, I guess, you know, in some kind of competition it, it might be useful, but that's, that's, that's not the way to get great opportunities to bring about change. The way to get great opportunities to bring about change is to look at where it is you want to work and ask yourself, what do they need help with? Yeah. And am I someone that could really help them do that? And to go to them and to say, I can see you need this help and I think I could help and here is why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, that, 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 that reflection goes deep. Um, especially to mean, you know, don't sell yourself in pursuit of opportunities. And I think that would be an insightful. I mean, um, to, don't, don't get me wrong. At Harvard, they teach students to do an elevator pitch. Yeah. And an elevator pitch is to kind of summarize yourself in two sentences so that mm -hmm. you jump into a lift with somebody important mm -hmm. and in the 10 seconds that it takes to get to the next floor, you've already told them who you are. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's true. There is an advantage. Like you should think about that, how you present yourself. What is that sentence so you don't stand there tongue-tied, but so that you say, hello, my name's so-and-so, and this is who I am. Mm -hmm. And it's not obvious who we are because we're all different things. Yeah. You know, you probably don't want to explain that you're the big brother of this little sister and that this is what, you know, you probably want to say something more, more professional. 
So yes, have your elevator pitch. But when you're looking for what you're going to actually do next, mm-hmm. ask yourselves, where is it that I could, because of this specific experience, talent, skills I've got, where is it I could make a difference? Mm-hmm. And that's different to where could I brandish my Oxford degree? Yes, and I, I, I'm totally in agreement. I think for me personally, that's a helpful, helpful um, tip because I know for sure as an African, um, the idea of being from Oxford has so much proximity and expectations and uh, just making the right decision uh, in that land, you know, present a better opportunity for humanity rather than um, self-affidacement. Yeah, so. Um, is there anything else you want to share? Just good luck to all of you and mainly <coughs> stay in touch. We love hearing from definitely, all of you. And um, so please just stay in touch with us. Be part of the family. Definitely. Guys, you hear it. So uh, what a privilege it has been uh, talking to the founding dean of the Blivani School of Government. So much experience, a word of knowledge and so much, so much uh, humility and desire in that knowledge. Uh, this is what we have been experiencing and seeing firsthand here as MPB student. And we are very optimistic this level of podcast uh, will be helpful for you wherever you are. So thank you so much. This is the Oxford Policy Pod. And uh, I've been your host, Wanto T. Wanto, and we are out. Thank you. <laughs>